So we got 31 stab wounds. Or was it? Ice pick. I'd like to speak to him, Miss Catherine Tremell, please. Is she a suspect? She's a writer. She published a novel. It's about a retired rock and roll star who gets murdered by his girlfriend. You know how she does the boyfriend with an ice pick. She intended the book to be her alibi. You didn't feel anything for him. You just had sex with him for your book. In the beginning, he gave me a lot of pleasure. You like playing games? Games are fun. What's your new book about? A detective. He falls for the wrong woman. What happens? She kills him. How's it feel to kill someone? You tell me. You're in over your head. She seduces people. She manipulates people. She's evil! I have nothing to hide. You playing a game here? Games are over. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Listeners, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are the movies that made us gay. Another good one for you. Did you notice that this is the first trailer that we listened to where the title was not in voiceover? Oh, yeah. So Good call. But something tells me that the listener probably caught on with us. <laughs> well, and that's also what you are here for, Scott. Yes. Why don't you introduce the movie that we watched and well, our special guest for the we day. We watched Basic Instinct from 1992, directed by Paul Verhoeven, with Chip Indeed. Pope. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Show Pip. Hi. Pip. Chip. 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 <laughs> I like Pip. Pip. That's fine. Great expectations. Hey, right. Yeah, Pit. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to our uh, our our lovely studio with our two interns that we have sitting in with us today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our fluffy interns. Uh, so, Basic Instinct. Man. Oh man, this movie was amazing. So, I gave you a list of movies that were on our short list, and I feel like I just put on Basic Instinct. Just like I just kind of just put it out there. I probably didn't put that much thought into it. Mm-hmm. And when you replied back. You wanted to do Basic Instinct. Yes. So yes. it got like bumped up the list. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> Basic Instinct. Woo. I forget what, what were the other ones on the list? I feel like I'm going to forget. I think I put Ghost World on it. Oh, I love Ghost World. Too. Um, but yeah. Basic Instinct, but that is probably what Basic Instinct's in. pretty perfect for this show. Yes. A very controversial it, movie that I feel like you sort of have to... It's an interesting movie to dissect from a 2020 lens. Right. And it's not necessarily jumping out at you as a gay. You know, gay. Yes. Right. When, you, when you just hear the title and yeah. try to remember what the movie's about, you don't just go, yeah, let's show that at midnight <laughs> at the, in the Castro Theater. You know, it right. But, but it's kind of perfect for it, though. I do, right, exactly. yeah. I do remember at the time, though, being very controversial for a number of reasons. Um, one of them being Sharon Stone's character is is uh, a bisexual, mm-hmm. right? That was just Ooh, so, so like edgy. it was bisexual very edgy at the time. Yeah. Ooh. <clears throat> I mean, we we can deep dive into the yeah. We'll get especially into that. for a mainstream movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. There was a, there was one that came out during the reign of like the Cosby Show. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Roseanne. Wow, all yeah, these all canceled. Sure. Uh, canceled, <laughs> but still going somehow. Uh, canceled in the culture, but yeah, still going on TV. Right for now. sure. And just but, like uh, AIDS panic and yes. all of that. Just like having a 
uh, a queer character in any form on screen in a mainstream movie. I mean, yes, this is a mainstream movie. It's got Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone, not a mainstream actor at the time. I mean, we can go and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, so, Scott, what do, you, what do you have as far as stats for this movie? I mean, so we should probably begin. Uh, Joe Westerhouse kind of wrote this script on spec. He was a script writing superstar of the 80s. He did what were like Joe Westerhouse movies. He did, he did Flashdance. Flash Dance. Oh that was kind oh, of his first big hit. Flashdance made. Mm-hmm. And quick sidebar. Uh I went to Joe Esterhouse's house, not bragging, but <laughs> went to in, uh, interview him for a podcast that I do, and uh, he had a Flashdance multi-platinum uh, plaque, you know, like 10 multi-platinum records, and it had a big hole in the glass oh. that had been broken, Oh, <laughs> and, and, and I was like, uh, what happened there? And he was just like... My son got mad, threw his phone at it. Oh, <laughs> so why did he have records? Did he like? Did he co-produce the soundtrack? No, it, you know, uh, I think it's just uh, in general. Sure. Joe Westerhouse's house is kind of like a hard rock cafe, sure. but just <laughs> I with could Joe Westerhouse. <laughs> it's really amazing though, because you wow. look around there and you're like, "Gosh, this guy got so many movies." Produce, yeah, it's yeah. nuts. And the just, type of the movies poster, that he has, like twenty-two posters. And the type of, of movies that wow. do not get made in Hollywood today, right? Too. Definitely not. There, there were movies that were made for adults when there was yes. an adult audience. When it wasn't just trying to market, you know, a superhero movie all around the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a whole. Uh, it's definitely from a different time. Yes. That's and, what we were talking about when watching this movie. Is that you don't see erotic thrillers no. like this. Yeah, anymore. yeah. You don't see true. sex scenes I feel at like all. They tried with the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but still, I mean, those movies are about sex, but they're still pretty safe mainstream audience movies too. Right, and yeah, and that's and they're also less about sex as much as is and more about a, like someone sitting on a patio at Starbucks like i wish i had right. a rich man to tell my yeah. secrets to yes. it's really more those are more about intimacy yeah. in a yeah. way than about pushing buttons and yes. the basic instinct is definitely one of those ones where it's just like let's see how far we can oh, go for sure uh for a huge audience and and admission i didn't I ne- I always thought Joe Westerhouse movies were just kind of trashy and not very good. And, you know, Jagged Edge was good, though, with Glenn Close as, as just kind of a mainstream oh, movie. He wrote that. God, yeah. that, that. That was before Basic Instinct. But it wasn't until I was in a bookstore, back when there were bookstores, and I picked up uh, his memoir called Hollywood Animal. And uh-huh. I just r- randomly opened up a page to this book. And he was talking about being in the hospital with his grandmother was dying and how his grandmother was dying of lung cancer and emphysema and she so desperately wanted him to get her cigarettes into the hospital <laughs> to sneak her cigarettes in the hospital and he said that her nails she was so desperate for a cigarette that she grabbed his wrist so severely she's like 90 years old grabs his wrist wanting these cigarettes so much that he realized when he left the hospital about 10 minutes later that his wrists were bleeding. Oh, my God. And I was just like, how come none of this is in his movies? Yeah. yeah. That's it's, like got to be. It's the best. So anyway, I'm just recommending this yeah. autobiography, Hollywood Animal. And you'll go, well, well shit. Maybe I should reevaluate <laughs> Joe Westerhouse and his writing. Yeah. Because he, he, he was clearly just working 
below his level in a way to right. try to to make these movies that were uh popular yeah and also like he, he was a writer for rolling stone he has a bunch of great articles about hunter s thompson and stuff you know so before hollywood i think it's just hollywood there needs to be like a yeah. joe, shittier a there needs to be like a joe <laughs> esterhouse miniseries on like hulu yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would be very fascinating because the guy has led quite a life that's interesting and anyway i'm not sure i, I know you just yeah. didn't want to talk about it, joe esterhouse and then <laughs> well also when he wrote basic instinct it caused a big bidding war with all of the movie studios and uh, who's yes. the Carlico? Carol Co. Carol, yeah, Carol yeah. Co. Carol Co. That's like a really a, hard they, studio they did total to pronounce. Recall. Yeah. yeah, they were all in. So with like they worked with yes for Hoven a lot. So they purchased it for a, a reported three million dollars on spec. Yes, which is yep. nuts. And uh, he was on vacation in Hawaii with his family. He told us uh, in this uh, interview that we did, and uh, he. Uh, it was crazy because CBS News suddenly there was like four CBS News trucks on on the beach oh, to wow. interview him. It was really <laughs> it's really strange when there's a someone to interview a screenwriter. Yeah, about making three million dollars. I mean, I guess that just doesn't happen. It like we don't have that kind of like superstar screenwriter, not quite like, yeah. figure anymore. In yeah, Hollywood. that's just a screenwriter. You yeah. have your directors too. Yeah. But yeah, besides, I don't know, Aaron Sorkin, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, even the woman I guess that wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, like what? Right? Yeah, you, but you, you, know, you don't you, yeah. you don't hear about their yeah uh, exploits in the way that you did uh, back then, but. Uh, Again, but not that there were so many superstar screenwriters. He was he really kind of yeah, that's true. Was a uh, exception. That's true to now, the rule of just the unwashed writer. That did he write Total Recall? Are. No. He okay. Didn't. That that was uh, who wrote those guys? I feel like Total Recall was the people that were at Running Man. Uh, that yeah, makes that sounds sense. right. Yeah, but I'm not sure. So yeah, so I mean, so Paul Verhoeven gets set up with this movie, and I would imagine that casting Catherine would have been very, very challenging. Because I think that they've shot pretty high with who they wanted to play this role. Michael Douglas, I guess, wanted Kim Basinger. She passed. Oh, okay. Um, other actresses rumored to have passed on the role of Catherine were Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, Gina Davis, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ellen Barkin, and Meryl Hemingway. And Verhoeven really wanted Demi Moore. Meryl Hemingway? Who's that? Uh Margot Hemingway's sister, really? Mariel Hemingway. She... Was... Oh, Mariel. Mariel. I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking like Mariel Mar- for yeah. some reason. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, okay. Mariel from Personal Best. Wait. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I was thinking. Yeah. What, what was I thinking? M- yeah, Mariel. It's <laughs> <laughs> like like Mariel Street. Uh, and also, I think there was other ones too that they they shot a little lower. In sure. a way, not yeah. to not to denigrate these people. But, yeah, yeah. But say B B list, right, they, right. Yeah. they went like Lena Olin and okay. Kelly McGillis. Yeah, sure. Know, and and nothing again, not to detract from their talents, but they weren't like the A list ones that you mentioned. But yeah. they passed as well. And when we were watching like the like the bonus features on our digital copy, they have an interview with Verhoeven where he talks about. This is a very explicit script that Esterhaus wrote, and it has to be exactly how it's written. Wow. Like, there's no, like, you can't sort of uh, have middle ground with some of the nudity, so, like some of the right. lines. It has to be how it's written. Right. So and I'm sure that very Kim Basinger and Jimmy yes. Moore were probably For just sure. like, uh, no. Sorry about <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And just knowing what we know about Verhoeven from 
you know, showgirls and even something like Starship Troopers. And like you said, it's a very European sensibility where it's just like, oh, we're going to have nudity in this. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just going to be this part of the character. And and Catherine Trammell is going to pop that pussy <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just just like she did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a kind of a – not a – she's not – too dissimilar from <laughs> Nomi Malone in some aspects <laughs> in that she's just very comfortable in who she is. And yes. this is, this is, you know, the, the character that she's portraying, but yeah, I can imagine that a lot of these women are reading the script going, okay, but we're not going to show that much. And yeah. Like, Oh no, we're going to show it all. And, and that's going to lead them all away. Right. Right. And I it just became about the nudity in a way. Then, then looking at this character who is a very aggressive great female character it is it is yeah, there's scenes where you're just like this bitch like, she's, always, watching she's, always, she's always the smartest person in the room and she yes. always has an upper hand on all of the men yes. yeah she, has, the movie. she manipulates everyone in the movie yeah and and that's uh, pretty remarkable for sure and I, I was watching it thinking is sharon stone this good of an actor that i'm just like man she, this woman is awful. I hate her. Like, ooh, she's just making me so mad. And I'm just like, do I just not like Sharon Stone? <laughs> or is she right. that good? And I'm like, I think she's that good. Because later on when she has scenes where it's just her and Michael Douglas, Nick, shooter, you know, sometimes <laughs> she, she comes off as very um, sympathetic. And so yes. I feel like I kind of am like, I'm, go- I'm on this journey with her. So I think she actually is pretty good in this um yes. i don't think sharon stone has a reputation for being that great i mean she doesn't have a reputation for being a bad actress by any means but i don't think people think of her and think wow what a powerhouse right but right. i think in this movie you kind of really do see a lot of layers to this character mm-hmm. and like you said she's like the smartest person in the room and and she does kind of uh get the job done when you need to hate her you do when she's antagonizing people you know nick calling him shooter all that stuff she's really good at it right but when she needs to be sympathetic uh in certain scenes and again she's manipulating him there but i think she's you know She's pretty good. Like I think she does a, a more than serviceable yeah. job. In so this role. up until then, Sharon Stone was a pretty she just a B actress that worked around. She was in a handful of canon movies. What was the Richard Chamberlain Quartermain's yeah. Tales? Yeah, yeah. Was she was in called? two Legend Alan, Alan Quartermain. Yeah, yeah, Alan Quartermain. There yeah, you go. which are like turn of the century like adventure novels. They're just kind of. It's just kind of a rip-off Indiana Jones series. Well, yeah, they were capitalizing on that, and they got these properties that were probably in the public domain, if not just Uh super cheap because they were so old. Canon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They were just like, let's get these. You know, they're in the vein of, like, John Carter, just these, like I said, turn-of-the-century, like, pulp novels that they were just like, hey, that's adventure. People know them. Let's do it. And uh, so she'd been kicking around, like, 10 years. Yeah. I think that she's Essentially, in, and then she which, had a big kind of which little, police academy is she in? Is oh. she in four Citizens on Patrol? Uh, I want to say she's in Citizens on Patrol. Yes, yeah. um, the best police academy movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with David Spade? It is. Or, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> David Spade, uh, professional skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was uh, famously in uh, Total Recall. Mm-hmm directed by Verhoeven. So that's right. kind of where I... She's Schwarzenegger's wife, right? She's his fake wife. His fake wife, yeah. <laughs> or is she? Or... <laughs> Verhoeven, well, I... the master of yeah. uh, 
kind of leading us astray. That's another one where it's like for years, the ending of that movie was debated and disputed. Yeah. I think he finally was like, no, you guys, it was totally an implanted memory. <laughs> right. right. I it's think pretty the, obvious when you watch the movie. Yeah. I think around the time of the remake, he kind of like made an, an official statement that was like, and it was supposed to be an implant. But I think all this time people were like, wow, uh, that ending was so ambiguous, which kind of uh, we'll talk about the ending of this movie eventually. It just was a different time when there were just three things to talk about. So yeah. you two, people would discuss a movie for like a month. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it, I, think it was fake, movie, I think it was rude. Yeah. The movie would be in theaters for like five months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And also we weren't able to just break out Wikipedia on our phone and say like, well, according to this interview, so-and-so said this is the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to just kind of like discuss it and not have immediately get the answer, you know, be that person in the room that's like, well, I looked it up. Yes. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, it was a big thing when a phone went to like uh, having a touchpad, you know. So yeah. Do you remember when imagine. you had the text cha-cha? Like for if, answers? For, if you were out at a bar and you were discussing <laughs> something and you couldn't remember something about like an actor, an actress or something. I do. And you could text cha-cha. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that And one. it was just yeah. some nerd at like in like a computer that would just text <laughs> it you was the answer a, back. Yeah, it was, a, it was a text service and it was people that they hired that would look up things for you and text you back. Oh, wow. I remember my mind being blown. To- yeah, when I first did that, did y'all like y'all are probably pretty good at trivia? Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they, yeah. I, I would get calls from people, you know, at, like they were a trivia night or something before yeah. the internet. Sure, They're like what was this? What was that? They ask you questions and then they're uh, cheating they thought, at trivia. Oh, you probably knew the answer, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, all that stopped once the internet. Uh, <laughs> came in. Yes, indeed. But um, we should have been working for Cha Cha guys, right? I know we could. I think you got paid by like by the answer or something it was yeah it was a one of those work from home scams yeah <laughs> i think i know somebody that did it um but yeah I, th- I feel like this movie also had kind of an ambiguous like they wrap it up at the end but then also you're like did they wrap it up is that the real answer <laughs> yeah. i don't know the end yeah mark. exactly yeah, yeah. uh f- 10 years earlier or if this was made for television the ending would have had a question mark <laughs> i mean like but um Catherine oh and then we'll we're be back we're not even going to go into the sequel and basic so. instinct too yeah <laughs> right right the 11 oh, right. years to new breed yeah I don't, we I don't meant know to we meant to watch it because it's on amazon prime and we just we just couldn't do it yeah that yeah. was a i guess uh yeah right none of the original people had anything to do with no. it right just was sharon stone in sharon stone was, was in it, it but that's it she played Catherine. wow but that's it yeah um so I want to I want to get into this movie. Michael Douglas's character is crazy. <laughs> His character is like in, he should not be allowed to be a police officer. <laughs> so oh, the man. lasting no. so I want to start with Michael Douglas. The lasting crazy. appeal of Michael Douglas as a sex symbol. Oh man. Do you find Michael Douglas sexy? Right. <laughs> um, no, not well, I essentially in a I don't know, unmotivated butt walking probably right? yeah. you know, from behind it looks <laughs> pretty good. There's some good like how old tiny was he shots in this movie. Was like 50 what, he how old was he probably in like late 40s or 47 50s. I would say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I remember he got the movie made. He got yes. 15 million dollars for this movie. Oh my god. Which is nuts. He got Money 15 now. million dollars for yeah, this movie. Definitely in nuts 91. Then. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Yeah, after uh there was a, there was even a big argument between uh uh Joe Esterhaus and uh, the guy uh, Mike Ovitz that ran mm-hmm. CAA and they they had a big falling out and uh 
Esterhaus left or Mike Ovitz made him leave. Uh, they, sure. they, they both have different <laughs> accounts. But uh, when Michael Douglas, who was at CAA, got the part in the movie, there was no, there was still no, it was just uh, very Hollywood. So sure. no love lost. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you'll never work in this town again, but you know, Mike Ovitz's <laughs> client earns him a yeah. million and a half in commission. Well, everything's still cool. Oh you man. Know, essentially. That's ins- just money that rules everything. That's insane. I remember at the time, my mom, like my mom was like, she was like your, um, Focus group yeah. woman of a certain age. Uh-huh. She loved Mel Gibson, okay. Michael Douglas, like all the hunks. hunks. All the hunks. They're she hunks. was all about the hunks. <laughs> Anything Mel Gibson made, my mom watched it. You know, right. she wasn't so much into Kevin Costner. I feel like he's too boring. That would be right. sort of like wasn't edgy. <laughs> that would be yeah. like Melinda if she lived yeah. in the in like the Midwest. Sure. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because she's a a, a West Coast gal. I mean, because yeah, Kevin Costner did show his buns. They would but all show their buns. They all showed those buns. <laughs> but I feel like she was a little bit more into Mel Gibson. Definitely into into Michael Douglas. I remember she saw Black Rain. Ooh. Like that Black Rain was another one. She was the one. Yeah, exactly. Her and my stepdad saw Black Rain, and I was like, "What is that movie even about?" <laughs> I just know somebody. I just remember on the playground, somebody said that like somebody gets their head chopped off with like a katana sword. <laughs> All my oh friends my were gosh. into ninjas at the time, <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember my mom being really into Michael and not really thinking anything of it because at the time, being such, being a young kid, I wasn't like, "Yes, that fifty year old man is very attractive." <laughs> right. I didn't even really think Mel Gibson was that handsome yeah at the time he was just too much of a adult man exactly you know just every yeah and you're plus you're at that age where like you're you watch grease and you think that's what a teenager looks yes. like yeah. you don't know <laughs> yeah. exactly like, yeah everyone either looks seven they look 17 or they're 80 yeah you don't you're and a kid got, it doesn't matter yeah. how old somebody is they're yeah. just old if yeah. they're older than you. Your parents are like, so. they're anywhere between 25 and, and yeah, 75. Because, like, I remember being a kid and Michael Douglas was on this uh, TV show called Streets of San Francisco. Yes. And so he was supposed to be, like, the young guy. But it really wasn't shot. like, yeah, I don't, I'm really trying to think of, like, who was on the radar. They would go, like, oh, they're hot. You know, I'm trying to think of, yeah. like, who I thought when I was 13 or 14 or something. Like, wow, they're really. Yeah. I, I a mean, hot actor. I don't know if I ever really <laughs> thought that many actors were that hot. I was just super into Ricky Schroeder. That's all I. That's oh all yeah, I know. he was cute though. He, <laughs> he was, was more cute. cute. He you're right. Yeah, you're gonna, right. Like throw you around. That's, this is also true. He was yeah, non-threatening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. He was like a Bieber, Bieber type. <laughs> yes, you're not right. Bieber now. With no, the prison, no. Oh prison my stash, Yeah, Bieber. When he's uh, Bieber looks like he is aged about. It's like those memes of of a. Of a twink when they move to like West Hollywood and then like a twink at 30. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When just rode hard. They've, they've twunked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So Michael Douglas is a sex symbol. I did remember streets, thinking of streets of San Francisco, San Francisco in this movie in all the chases that yes. they were just like, people okay. need to slow the fuck down in this movie. People drive <laughs> good, way too fast. Good gravy. <laughs> that they're scene on the, on the coast where they're passing each other with cars Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like action. Calm the fuck down. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, you know what's great too in that scene? The mu- the music in this movie. This Jerry Gold's fantastic. Great score yeah. by Jerry Gold's. It's like very Bernard Herman. Uh, exactly. Oscar nominated. Yep. Oh, it, it, the score for mm-hmm. this movie was? That's amazing. Got an Oscar nomination for score and editing. Yeah. As we're watching it, I'm thinking immediately, I'm thinking, okay, 
Verhoeven, the, as he's making this entire movie, he's just like, this is exactly what Hitchcock would make. I, this is my Hitchcock <laughs> right. movie. That's the thing is that yeah, when I'm I've... doing my Hitch, uh, you know, homage. Mm-hmm. I, I know it in my head that that's where he's going with it. Mm-hmm. I immediately think, man, this score is like Bernard Herrmann ripoff from the jump. And then we watch the uh, a little bit of a special feature at the very end. And he's just like, oh, if Hitchcock was alive today, this was the movie he would make. Oh, I'm wow. Like, oh my gosh. That's the thing is that I remember first watching this movie and I may not have had a good context for a lot of the Hitchcock movies that it's referencing, but you watch it now and it hits you over the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like San Francisco setting. Yeah. Right. Sort of this noir story. The styling of Catherine is pretty much Kim Novak. Right, yeah, exactly. right, right up into like the the French twist hair. Yeah, right. The the uh, little wrap on her head. What is that? Uh, y- yeah, like a the, hood the scarf. Like a, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely his answer. His like modern day vertigo. You know, we even get Gene Triplehorn with like a or is it Gene Triplehorn in a wig? We don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> she looks amazing in this movie, by the way. Gene Triplehorn, like, a, yeah. Gene Triplehorn, like so the classic. Uh, she can never quite be the leading lady, but she's like the second or sometimes third leading lady in a cast. <laughs> right. There was a lot of that. Uh, those women, I guess, yeah. for about five, six years. Your your Ann Archers, yes, your, for sure. You know that you go. Why is he cheating on her? You know, she's, she's perfectly. <laughs> well, I she's mean, perfectly fine. Well, I mean, know? she she did have brown hair. Right, right exactly. <laughs> she's not. Her hair is not the color of gold. Yes, <laughs> that men want gold, gold to yep. spend and yep. drive them crazy. <laughs> but no, I uh, I saw I read something. Uh, I mean, again, we'll take the IMDb trivia with a grain of salt, especially with that laundry list of of women. But it did say that it was a screen debut of Jean Triplehorn. Oh, it's her first really? movie, like sure. movie. Did she come from TV? I don't know. She must have. Or did have she just get like pushed to the front for like movie roles? I didn't do enough I research. Like she but was I just, just features. She yeah, seemed like a feature. That's what I. Yeah, feature lady. Unless she was just like on you know Santa Barbara or something. We didn't know mm-hmm. about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did. We watched it. She came on screen, and I was just like, "Wow, she looks like she just looks so young and." She looked really Doobie. great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And her face, she's just like these like wide set eyes. And mm-hmm. just, oh, my goodness. Very doe-like. Yes. She looked like uh, I could see this. Uh, you guys are not going to uh, know this actress. She's uh, on The Flash on the uh-huh. CW, Danielle Panabaker. She's like a kid actress. And she's huh. like now she's on The Flash on the CW. She's, and I, I, I know what Jean Triplehorn looks like. I kind of know her more recently but when i saw this young 1991 you know version i was like wow she looks like killer frost look it up people (laughs) (laughs) you'll thank me later (laughs) so yeah so this movie is laying on the hitchcock references very thick we're uh we're in san francisco we've got the great score um nick i forget uh, the character's last name but michael douglas's character oh man loose cannon would you call him a loose cannon? He's <laughs> out of control. Yep. He is out of control. He is he's sober for not very long. Right. He just starts drinking. I think again. she's I think he said he was sober for like a matter of months. I don't even think it was a year. Yeah. Right. And what's the backstory with him? He accidentally shot and killed civilians. That's right. On the job. <laughs> yeah. And he was on Coke when he did it. <laughs> Still, man- and, still manages to have that badge. And yes. he was cleared 
because I think Jean Triplehorn like vouched for him because she's the police department psychologist. Right. And I think she pulled some strings to get him out of like jail. The world's most beautiful police psychologist. Uh, It's like, it's always funny. These roles. Yeah. You know, like when uh, Jennifer Connelly plays someone like, oh, she's the world's most beautiful documentarian. (laughs) You know, like some people get, get a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's got this he's got this checkered past. Um the internal affairs guy refers to him as shooter because he like <laughs> accidentally shot these people. Uh <laughs> very sensitive. Oh my god. So like he's got like a coke problem, a drinking problem, anger management. I mean, and he's controlling all of them until Yes, until, until she oh, shows up. Cigarettes. Another vice, he just quit smoking, and now we've got the very first scene of this movie is a graphic sex scene, a graphic murder, in like the first 11 minutes of this movie. I, we right. did watch the, the, un, the uncut version, which mm-hmm. I think that you see if like a stab to the face. So oh okay. I don't know if you see that yes. in the theatrical one. Okay, so we saw the director's cut, and what I, what I determined, the director's cut is like maybe two minutes longer than the... Oh, than the okay. normal cut, but it's the cuts that they took out um, to go from NC-17 to R. Oh, okay. So it's it's violence in the murder scenes. So there's a, uh, you see the ice pick go right into his neck, and Whoa. you see it go into like a prosthetic face. It like goes yeah. into his eyeball. <laughs> it's crazy. And then there's a little bit more um, nudity in the sex scenes, okay. which are... Nuts. Insane. You yeah. see Michael Douglas with his face in uh, her crotch? Sharon Stone's pussy. Oh, right. my goodness. Straight up. And you see his dong like wobbling, yeah. wobbling around. You yeah. do. I was really shocked at that because it's all over For like. These framers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your VCR that wouldn't uh, jump around too much when you hit pause. But, you know, this movie was notable when it did come out. I did see it on VHS as a kid. It's 91. So, you know, I'm like. 12 13 years old and i'm watching this movie full on just like i i mean it's a dead body there's blood all over it but they fully pan over this naked dude's like full-on dick and balls there's <laughs> like 15 minutes of this movie and as a kid i'm just like oh i'm kind of is my door closed am i watching that? <laughs> people I remember, know i'm watching this movie yeah when i when i was a kid you would uh you know, your dad would get Playboy or whatever, yeah. and they would have sex in the cinema, and so they would always. Oh play. yes, right. yeah. And so I remember flipping was through like my dad's Playboys to guys to yes. find and, the Sex in the Cinema, and yeah. it was always like in the December issue. Yes, and, and so I remember seeing uh, when I was a kid this uh, picture. There was this movie. It was called Spetters, right, or something. Uh-huh. And they had like maybe four pictures of naked dudes, and it said, and I just remember it clearly. I was like, where are all these naked guys movies? <laughs> and it was, and it said like Paul Verhoeven's Spetters. Ah, you know, I was like, "What?" And so I—that's why that's my funny. first association with Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, I was like, well, that's the guy that shows dicks. <laughs> and so there you go. So he, I'm he, gonna he, love this he, movie. He continued doing that. Oh yeah, indeed. I, I feel like Paul Verhoeven is more of a high art version of like somebody like Andy Sedaris. I mean, they, like they sort of do the same thing, doing, though. But I feel like. Paul Verhoeven sort of it's a little more elevated than uh-huh. hot than hot ticket to Hawaii like hot, movies oh, like okay. <laughs> like like uh hard ticket to Hawaii and uh 
Picasso Trigger. Picasso Trigger. That's it. I haven't I like, seen like that guy's movie. I know that Millie talks about that. Yeah, guy, yeah. But I haven't seen that. You should check them out. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Hot <laughs> ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, hard ticket. To hard Hawaii. ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, they're they're pretty insane. They're 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 not well made. No, but uh-huh. <laughs> that's why I'm saying that Paul Verhoeven's a little more of like the actual like the directors, artist, right? Sure. The <laughs> artist version of like Andy Sidaris. Okay, uh, I can okay. I can see that. Um, so like you want to get Paul Verhoeven, but yeah, you'll but settle for Andy's. Andy Sedaris, yeah. But you'll get, you know. (laughs) Who would be the third tier? Yeah, I don't even know. Like (laughs) You know that game? You want so-and-so. You'll you'll settle settle for for so-and-so. But you actually get. Yeah. Your cousin Randy from down the street. Like, (laughs) yeah. With, like, his dad's video camera. Um, So... So we start off on this murder. It's a, it's a woman just like riding this dude, going to town. She grabs an ice pick from underneath like a sheet in the bed. How did he not? Oh, but there's all those lines of coke on the side. So I think we're right. to believe that this guy is just like, you know. And you can't quite make out the woman because no. her hair is yes. kind of covered woman. by her blonde hair. Yes. But it's the same. Shut up. But it's the same length and color uh, of Sharon Stone's hair. We know this right off the bat. And also Sharon Stone's girlfriend's hair too. They sort of Ooh. use her as a misdirect. Roxy, that it could be either. It of could them. be Roxy. This is true. Um, and so we've got this murder. The cops come in, and um, how does it get to to Catherine? They're they're dating, but yeah. this is not okay. They're- so they know that he's dating this author. And they trace it back to her. Because the man who's killed is a music executive. And then they figure out that this murder is in the book that she wrote. Right. right. So that's that's this what accomplished thirty year old writer. Yes. <laughs> Millionaire. Already. She must be like mm-hmm. she's the world's most amazing writer. Yes. To live in that house that she does. Two houses. Her endless ice picks. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that she got just a lot of money from her dead parents, too. Which, oh, that's right. also I in the backstory. Which yeah, she may that. or may not have murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, Probably so, did. Yes. Uh, she. Yeah. She went to. I forgot what college. She went to some Ivy League school. Like all of these things. I, they, they're like naming her accomplishments. She dated a boxer. Yeah. She dated a boxer who also died. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, she's got like this long string. She's just a, like. It's a, a very rich backstory. Indeed. I Especially mean, since he yeah. wrote this. Script, by the way, in 13 days. Oh, my God. And they pretty much shot the first draft. There was one more rewrite of it, oh and, uh, which just kind of added some jokes and shit. Like sure. some, some buttons on the end of scenes, really, to, okay. make, to lighten them up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah. But, essentially, this is like the draft that That's they an- bought for $3 million. And um, and it was called Lovebirds, by the way. What? Which I was reminded of because, yeah, there was this movie coming out called Lovebirds with uh, – Camille and uh, now I'm just picturing the poster of this movie, but just with lovebirds instead of Basic Instinct. Yeah, Ooh. and I'm not even sure it was meant as an ironic title. <laughs> sure, just, just that's so lovebirds. And then he he was about to put it in the mail, and then all of a sudden he just Basic Instinct just came to him, so he went back in and retyped the title page. And okay, it off and are we led to believe that the title I mean, Basic Instinct, Instinct is like the Basic Instinct to kill? Yeah, I don't understand what or basic instinct means. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, it's just everything. And it's just like, yeah. it's just like, like, 
uncontrollable urges. Yes. Sure. You know what you're mm-hmm. getting. With Lovebirds, you wouldn't quite know what you're getting in, in with this movie. But with Basic Instinct, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. People are desperate yeah, and depraved. Oh, yeah. It sounds like an erotic thriller, yes. which is what it is. So I, I know Verhoeven came from uh, Denmark? I, uh, Dutch. I think he's yeah, Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holland? So the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. the Netherlands. Um, is Esterhaus just American? He's a uh, he's a, uh, a Czech okay. guy, Czech American. Okay, because I feel like yeah, something like Basic Instinct and just like the themes in this movie, and then oh, also- wait, not Czech, sorry, Hungarian, That's Hungarian. Right. Okay, I misspoke. Sure. He's- Anyway, <laughs> keep going. How dare you? Uh, yes. You gotta, <laughs> but, uh, I, it's, I'm sure it'd be very some, important if you're oh, uh, yeah, from indeed. Hungary and then a check comes up. Yeah, this is, this, they might be uh, we'll get blood angry. rivals. I have no we'll idea. get an angry <laughs> direct message on our Instagram. That's true. Exactly. But what, anyway, but, what, where I was going with that is that just like uh, the themes in this movie and just Esterhaus movies and like we were saying, Verhoeven has got a very European sensibility and something like a title like Basic Instinct, it just seems like somebody who... Uh, maybe they've been here for a while, but English is not being their first language. <laughs> right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just feel like it, all of it, the script, everything just has a very just uh, European kind of feel to it. Yes. And, yeah. I, I, I see where you're getting at. Staccato dialogue. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Uh, David Mamet, this is a weird offshoot, but David Mamet is very similar in that way because um, – his family was immigrants. Okay. And so I think a lot of it comes from people learning English. Yeah. So if you say you're Paul Verhoeven, you want to keep things simple and everyone's speaking manner yeah. is very clear. <laughs> and what I'm saying is yes. what I'm saying. And there's not a lot of subtlety to it mm-hmm. because it is my second language and yes. I am putting together nouns and verbs. Yes. That's exactly. what I've heard. Thank you. That's what I've heard about how Ang Lee directs scenes uh-huh. with yeah. actors that he's yeah. very blunt and he'll say things that maybe an American director talking to American actors might sort of tiptoe around. Right. Ang Lee will right. just straight up tell him. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. need to spit on your hand. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think that I think as the story now. goes, that <laughs> spit on your hand right now yeah. and put that in there. That like, uh, I think that Kevin Klein talked about when doing the ice storm and being directed by him. That uh, can you not play this scene so Victor Victoria? <laughs> try not to wow. Try not to play the scene sounding so gay. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> uh, yeah, cry less gay. Okay, we'll just shoot it from the back. We, this isn't working. I love that. <laughs> Probably some things that seem like brilliant choices are just like I didn't like yeah. what Kevin Klein's face looked like, so we just <laughs> we'll shot it from the back. It. And the, yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, eventually, yeah, Catherine Tramell's character is insane. I feel like you said he wrote this in 13 days. He had to, this had to be a story that he was kicking around. Yes, there has to be that, it, and, and and as odd as it as it might seem, because the movie seems so far removed from reality, yeah. living in its own other world. Yeah, the, both of those characters were inspired by people that he knew. I so would like the, to the know police, the the uh, inspector mm-hmm. was some guy that he knew. I in, can see in that Cleveland because he, he was a, uh, a a reporter. Okay, before he worked at Rolling Stone, he was a reporter for like the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and sure. And so he knew this guy, and he knew a woman that was like uh, Catherine. Trammell. Wow. Okay, I would so like to know them Joe Esterhaus's <laughs> relationship with the women in his life because how he writes women. 
insane insane like i don't (laughs) cannot think of a woman that resembles these characters showgirls is the the same exact way (laughs) it's like he's writing these female characters that they're obsessed with their nails eating (laughs) chips and dancing (laughs) yes and Catherine's sort of the same i think that Catherine's maybe a little more grounded than nomi malone Mm -hmm. but But she's still definitely has a lot going on she i mean (laughs) it's definitely a elevation of women and an f- extreme fear of women yeah, oh, simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, this is the strongest person that I know in my life, but also, what? She's yes. batshit. Yeah. Like that scene where uh, he's giving her a ride home and it's pouring down rain and she gets... Just before she gets out of the car, she takes off her like white pumps. I love that moment. <laughs> and steps directly into the gutter <laughs> with water up to her ankles and has her white pumps, the probably like silk white pumps, and just like runs daintily into the house in the pouring down rain. And it's like, oh, well, she didn't want to get her shoes wet. But it's like, so she jumps into the <laughs> fucking gutter full of water and run. That's not That's like kind of bacteria. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's not like, oh, well, she's just in control of herself and she's just about her appearance. And about, but it's like, that's crazy. Like, that's a crazy person. But it's, my mother used to do that. You know, I, I feel yeah, like yeah. it's one of those things where totally. he, he actually he'll have an somebody that it happened to. Yeah, for sure. But but then in other scenes, like we were saying before, Catherine, you know, she is the smartest person in the room. She's manipulative, but, you know, to get to protect herself, essentially, um, we have I have a little bit of one of the early scenes with Catherine when he's taking her into the police department for questioning. First of all, I love when she's uh, they go to meet her at the beach. Well, first they go to the mansion. Right, and which looks like it's in Pacific Heights or something. It's like this fabulous, like Mrs. Doubtfire mansion. And she's <laughs> and the maid. The maid answers the door, and the maid is also in Showgirl. She is the one that works for HR in the casino, and she's <laughs> getting all of Nomi's identification. Like, she asked wow. her for her social security number. Which Nomi the, does the not The Verhoeven know. Rep, yep. Yep. Yeah, rep company. The rep players. The rep players. Yeah. Sharon Stone and the casino lady. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so this is when uh, we first meet Roxy, because Roxy comes down, and he thinks that this is Catherine, and she's just like, Catherine's not here. Um <laughs> She's at the beach house. Where should we know that actress from? Was she from anything? I don't, I don't, I Where, who, who was it again playing Roxy? I was not from. Oh, let me, with, let me look it up. Keep going. Whoops. But okay, so Roxy, she's at the beach house. So then uh, we go to the beach house, and it's like another mansion on the ocean, like, and she's sitting by the, like, a fire pit, like, out in the woods, which is she's crazy. She's on her deck. She's, she's on her deck yeah. at this point. Okay, the fire pit's later on. But she's wearing – she's just wearing like a blouse and like no shoes and probably no underwear. Well, we know no underwear. <laughs> and her hair's down and they're like, okay, you got to come with us you know, for questioning. And she's like, okay, let me, let me change. Oh, right. And so she goes off and this is where he, he likes sp- spying on her in the mirror. And you can see – and she's obviously doing this on purpose. Um, right. And you can see her in the mirror changing. She gets out of the blouse she's wearing, is like completely butt-ass naked and gets into this other like white – like a uh, slip dress thing and like zips up the back and comes out. And when she comes out of the room, now her hair is in this like perfectly <laughs> like quaffed and set French twist that I think another person would definitely need to, 
tuck all that yeah. hair in and get the pin in and the front like the front like bangs are in this like awesome like pompadour like up the front and then the back is like perfectly like smoothed <laughs> out and like tight and and then uh and it's the it's the iconic dress from the from the interrogation scene with like it's got like a mock turtleneck and like no sleeves and it's like super short and white and um and she's got her white like er, the Hermes scarf <laughs> in the bag right and so we're going we're on our way to uh to the to, to the police department downtown it's always downtown take me downtown <laughs> and uh, we have this little bit uh, conversation in the car do you have a cigarette. I don't smoke. Yes, you do. I quit. Congratulations. Then she lights up a cigarette. Thought you didn't have any cigarettes. Oh, I found some in my pocket. Would you like one? I told you I quit. What an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. So it begins. But that really just seems like I'm learning English. Yeah. (laughs) When when you take that dialogue that you would see in a book. Yeah. Cigarette, I quit. No, you didn't. I'm learning English. I thought you didn't have cigarettes. I found some. I found so, some. Like, it's simple and powerful, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. And her delivery, she's just got this, like, this sultry delivery this yeah. entire movie. Like, you it's feel a like throaty... a lesser B actress probably could have just flopped these lines, but Stoney's knocking them out of the park. Yeah. No. Yes. She's, exactly, she's holding her own with this big movie star, too, that probably got paid, you know... 14.5 more million <laughs> yeah, exactly. than she did. Yeah. I, I and, do love uh, that uh, some of the trivia for this is that Michael Douglas was really pushing for more of an A-lister because he, he knew that this movie was a risk and his thought process was if I'm going down for this, I'm taking somebody with me. Uh, okay. So he was like, I, if people I, think I, this yeah, is a piece of shit, I then guess they're going to think it's Kim's piece of shit too yeah. and not just mine. Um. But, I mean, lucky for him, it was a freaking hit, this, right? I, this was that era where I always wondered what Michael Douglas's wife thought about all his choices. Because all right? the movies are just like, this woman tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah. This woman's harassing me. Yeah. This woman is Ruining after me. Life. Yeah. And then, like, and then when it wasn't a woman, it would be like falling down. Like, society is trying to kill me. <laughs> like, every the game, you know, everything. Yeah, for sure. The secret cabal is trying to yeah, get me. totally. He's just like the king of paranoid... Yeah, '80s movies. Yeah, and not and not a great track record with women, like you said. I mean, the way the that scene with him and Gene Triplehorn. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm oh, still right. like I'm still working it's, through that. It's wait, like, but that's wait, we're that's skipping ahead. Right? Yeah, that's it's not quite as bad <laughs> as the as the big Andrew Carver scene from Showgirls. Showgirls yeah. But it's still pretty. But bad, it's still though. pretty oh, bad. The pool, you mean? Or the, uh, <clears throat> no, the oh oh, oh the yeah, very the rape end. scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. right, right. So it's, uh, it's almost like a Joe Esterhaus checklist. When you, really, when, you know, that he goes through. It's yeah. Like, okay, we got a rape. We got a murder. Yeah, we, we need got some a, some crazy rough sex. We some, need some coke. We <laughs> need some... Oh man, the coke and the, the amounts of coke in this movie. The lines of coke that they set up, <laughs> and the first murder scene. It's like, how much coke did they do? First of all, because there were like ten lines just ready, just fucking ready to go. Yeah. Isn't it like an orgy? Like. 
two people were going to do all this. It, I mean, but I know. you know what's crazy about it is that the craftsmanship though can't yes. be denied of the foreshadowing. <laughs> so it's just mm-hmm. like he's it's just a whole bunch of coke. They're all coked up in the yeah. first thing, but then later, right? Like, uh, isn't Sharon Stone like, "Do you have a fuck on coke, Nick?" Yeah. I mean, it's all <laughs> yeah. so it's a weird kind of foreshadowing. Yeah. Even when she, you know. Uh, uh, like, like you were setting up, she's changing, she's naked and everything. Yeah. Then it makes sense later that she's naked to spread her legs during yeah. the interrogation scene. Sure. So it's, it's kind of – it has its own weird forward motion and yeah. logic. Well, all of like, it too – If you have a naked lady wearing no panties, maybe you're going to see her vagina. <laughs> you got to pan off. It's the, it's, yeah. The, yeah. it's the Chekhov's gun of <laughs> exactly. just yeah. like flashing your cooter. <laughs> Chekhov's cooter. Yeah, but also it's – it's I think it's Catherine and the, and the movie setting up that is Catherine doing all this on purpose as an alibi. You right, know, right. She's you know, playing them, the yeah, scenes from her book. From her, the book and all of that. Um, <clears throat> because then we do find out that she's currently writing a book about a detective. So did she set all of this entire thing up just so that she can get in with the detective to use him as her as her Paul next guy. subject? Yeah, yeah, because we've got this a little bit. What's your new book about? A detective. He falls for the wrong woman. What happens? She kills him. Yeah. (laughs) That moody score is underneath every scene with the two of them. It's just that, like, that awesome bit of music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly that. Very Hitchcock. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, this interrogation scene. Get the hell out of here! It's very beautifully shot by Jan de Bont too. You know that Jan de Bont from Speed shot this movie. Wow! Yeah, I didn't even I didn't think I, I picked up on that when mm-hmm. I watched the credits. Yeah, there's some there's some beautiful camera work and cutting in that interrogation scene. Okay, you mean Jan de Bont of uh, Twister? Of, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Twister <laughs> and uh, Cut- Cutthroat Island. No, that's that's Rennie Harlan. Oh, that's Rennie right. Harlan. Rennie Harlan Sorry. is kind of a kindred spirit with Paul Verhoeven, though. I agree. I yes. feel like They're I feel like similar. Rennie Harlan's more of like your mall multiplex version of. He's Paul the more Verhoeven. like Euro trash right. guy. He's yeah. the more. <laughs> I think that Rennie Harlan sort of like plays the the games with the studio a little more. Yeah. Did uh, Did Jan de Bont just go back to? DPing or uh, I, I feel like I feel like I don't hear about it as movies. Yeah, I feel like directed a movie. I feel in a like while. the haunting just sort of like ruined him. Oh, okay. Wait, when was that? Ninety nine. Wow. Oof. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that that of Owen Wilson mm-hmm. too? Or that, yeah. Also right, famously right, mauled memories. by a big cat on the set of Roar with Melanie Griffith and Tippi Hedren. Oh, de Bont was. Yeah, he did oh the God. he did the camera work in that movie, and he was mauled by like a tiger. Oh, Jesus. Oh my God. Have you seen Roar? <laughs> no, I never have. Roar is pretty. Oh wait, no, I did. I it. did see it. Yep. I did see it's it. Insane. I think it was on Turner Classics. Like really, I think, really yeah, I think it was. It, on. <laughs> it strikes me as a TCM underground type of movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're we're watching the movie, and we're just kind of talking about like. What is this like interrogation room? It's like this warehouse. I think it's a shooting and it's a shooting range. Range. So they mm-hmm. have her in, sitting in a chair with targets behind right. her. Right. It's very thematic. Ooh. Very thematic. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, let's try to shoot. Let's get a bullseye on this woman. Yes. Yeah. This this 
Target shoots back. Hey, she's in charge mm-hmm. of this room, bitch. I mean, she knows what the hell's going on. Uh, okay. So this is the big scene that, like, was super I controversial. I feel like my first references for this movie when I was a kid, because if I never... I would just catch bits and pieces of this movie when it was ever, when it was ever on cable, uh-huh. and you would just get bits and pieces of it. But the interrogation scene was referenced a lot in pop culture. Yes, oh, yes. it just so sort it of parodied. you knew yeah. you knew what it was without having to have seen the movie. Right, mm-hmm. it was a big uh, cultural yeah. moment, and yes. they did it, and they did it with Florence Henderson on the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> that's they funny. They yeah, I don't remember that. it, but that's we'll, funny. We'll try and find that for the Instagram. We'll put that, that yeah. clip All of there. the. Um, the people questioning her are all the Brady kids. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's I do, I remember seeing this movie as a kid when I had watched it on VHS and under the the cover of night, without anybody knowing that I'm watching. This How did you get a hold of a VHS movie. of this movie? I think they rented it, and I oh. think I was just like, "My turn." I'm they were like, "Okay, this. yeah." <laughs> you would just put it in with a bunch of other ones. Yeah, and uh, so I, I'm watching this movie. Full dick and balls in like the first scene. I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie it's killing me. And then we get to the big scene, and I was like, all right, here it is. We need to see some like vagina. And I, I mean, I was like titillated, but I just wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. And I remember as a as a kid just being like, well, you just kind of see her bush. They didn't really see much. I don't know. I thought I thought I was gypped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting like a full on like you know they they a played it up, up in the media Martyring. like it was this crazy like. So do you believe the whole story that Stony claimed that she didn't think that they were going to see her her cooter on screen and she found out and she yeah. found out at a screen at a screening. And she it. supposedly no slapped Verhoeven. But Verhoeven claims that she was like in on the whole thing from the very beginning. So I don't know. She probably was, I'd imagine. I yeah. mean, but because Verhoeven's she, right. She seems this is, like she mm-hmm. does, like you were talking about before, uh, um, that what kind of person she is from yeah. watching the movie. Yeah. And I'd imagine this is a example of when a character just fits with a person oh yeah. so that's why she's so good in it or you can't yeah. decide if she's good or not like you were yeah. saying but yeah. i think she's very good because it's just she probably is this person to some extent which yeah. is to say warm and evil yeah. so <laughs> and i think that verhoven has been quoted uh talking to sharon about this about the scene of this is the scene that's going to make you a huge star oh really yeah, yeah. so she had to it's going to yeah. be what people take away from this movie Right, but mm-hmm. Esther House didn't know that that that, that sure. was going to yeah. that was going to happen. Do you think it was so just the, the first last time he minute. saw it? He was watching this movie with his yeah. kid. Oh, wow. who's like se- his seventeen-year-old son? <laughs> oh my god! Do you think it was like a last-minute editing choice, or do you think Paul Verhoeven knew when shooting it? That's what they were going to oh, do. I'm sure he knew. Yeah, he yeah. sure he knew. Definitely. Yeah. If he knew the bloody dick and balls, he yeah. knew. I mean, yeah. he, he can't suddenly. Because yeah. the way the guy is, too, it's like, I am omniscient and all-knowing, and yeah. then I can't just see him suddenly, oh, uh, what? We didn't know. Uh, it just yeah. turned out the way we, uh, the the way that the print was exposed. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, Serendipity. Yeah, just, no, yeah, I think it was it was definitely on purpose. And it's it's there's like a cut, too. There's like a cut yeah. to Newman and then back to her. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> By the way, this movie got Newman Jurassic Park. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a story that Spielberg watched this movie and he watched it to the end so he can uh, write down Newman's uh, name. <laughs> he has a name. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Wayne Knight. Wayne yeah. Knight. And then they went. Then he went out and called Wayne Knight's people. Wow. Like, I want him for Spurs. Dennis Nedry. Right. I want him to <laughs> to die quickly. <laughs> in this yeah. Movie. So uh, they do something kind of uh, kind of fun in this movie where uh, her interrogation scene is kind of mirrored by uh, by Michael well, Douglas's well, interrogation first you get later that, on. Well, first you get that great line with Stoney too in the interrogation scene. Did you kill Mr. Boz, Miss Trammell? I'd have to be pretty stupid to write a book about killing and then kill somebody the way I described it in my book. I'd be announcing myself as the killer. I'm not stupid. We know you're not stupid, Miss Trammell. Maybe that's what you're counting on to get you off the hook. Writing the book gives you an alibi. Yes, it does, doesn't it? But the answer is no. I didn't kill him. Do you use drugs, Miss Trammell? Oh, shit. (laughs) I like a little coke. (laughs) A little toot. (laughs) I'm surprised. She's like, after all, it's the 80s. It's not, wait, what? It's 1991? Oh, okay. I wanted somebody to refer to it as toot in this movie. Toot. (laughs) Um, Have you ever fucked on toot? (laughs) What's that? Oh man! Oh, you know the devil's dandruff, <laughs> huh? nose candy, <laughs> Bolivian so, marching powder. <laughs> Ultimately, they just let her go because they got nothing. Um, they have nothing to book her on. Yeah, and uh, she gets she gets sent back to uh, to the man's. Oh, he. This is when he gives her a ride home in the rain. Yeah. And and she's just like, oh, you want to give me a ride home? Do any of you fellas want to give me a ride yeah. home? Yeah, <laughs> keeps, keeps <laughs> they all raise their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we do have to talk a little bit more about uh Gene Triplehorn and Michael Douglas's relationship cuz that comes up soon. Um yeah, she's like this like she's like the Di- the Deanna Troy, she's ship's counselor of this like police department. <laughs> and uh but they're having like they're like diddling each other on the side even though yeah. she's like kind of the one that is Making sure that he can keep his job. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has to have like sessions with her, I think, um, to, to, to prove that he's sober and like, you know, immediately after the interrogation, they end up at a bar and he. I love a good cop bar in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. This cop It's always bar. loud, noisy. Everyone's uh, yelling at each you, other. Yeah. And there's like, there's like wood, like wooden booths in this mm-hmm. bar. Is that the country bar or, or is that a different scene? Remember when that's like a different a scene. Country that's bar. right. They do go to a country bar in this yeah, movie. Like the those famous San Francisco <laughs> country <laughs> western early nineties bars. And that crazy dance for straight club that people. they go to. <laughs> for straights, yeah. yeah. Oh, the dance club. I love a oh, right. I love a club in a Paul Verhoeven movie. A, a, a bisexual nightclub. Yeah, mm-hmm. a really well lit bisexual nightclub. <laughs> yep. You know those bathrooms in those San Francisco nightclubs, man. Anything goes. <laughs> Anything. Exactly. It's like men, women, people doing toot in the stalls. Toot. It was crazy. Stalls bigger than your apartment. <laughs> that stall fit three people. And she <laughs> yeah. was able to close the door with her foot. And not a handicap stall. That's how much stall. room she had in <laughs> Exactly. There. That was yeah. just regular stalls back then. Yeah. 
<laughs> that like crazy like that crazy like uh that crazy gentleman that was in the room with them that was just like dancing with Roxy mm-hmm. doing choreography. <laughs> um <clears throat> so we cut to the cop bar where Michael Douglas orders a double twice in a row. He's back to drinking. He's back on the hooch, you guys. Uh, he ordered a quadruple. Hooch and toot. Hooch and toot. <laughs> I mean That's a good name for a cop movie. The, hooch, and hooch and toot with Tom this, Hanks and a dog. This fall on ABC. Yeah. Um, but Internal Affairs is there. And they see him. Oh, man. This guy from Internal Affairs, this motherfucker. I feel like this guy plays this role a lot. This this guy who's oh, like antagonizing yeah. Michael Douglas. Um, calling him shooter. Just like being a dick. Uh, but if it's Internal Affairs, and, you, and there's this guy who's got this past... And you see him drinking in a bar. I feel like you can... I don't know. I feel like rather than just being like talking shit to him, just go get him fired, right? Like I feel like if he's that pissed off at Michael Douglas, just like, all right, you're drinking fucking like double whiskeys. (laughs) Just go tell on him. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But she stops an altercation, right? I don't think they actually beat each other up in this scene. I think she just kind of gets in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gene Triplehorn pushes him. Cause like, I think he like puts his hands on, on Gene Triplehorn. Oh. Cause she gets in between the two of them. Oh, okay. And she's just like, fuck you. And she like slaps his hands away and they immediately leave. And I don't even think Michael Douglas drank that second double. Probably paid for it. Um, and then they go home. And have a very questionable yes. encounter right. at Gene Triplehorn's apartment. And yes, and it's interesting because as these movies were in the past, it's all just for the male character. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's all from so everything is just to illuminate yeah. what's happening to him. Yeah. This, this other lady is <laughs> driving him crazy, driving yeah. him to drink and want to have rough sex. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's kind of like she's an afterthought. Oh, for sure. Yeah, her character is a yeah a device. Um, I do think that in the director's cut that we saw, um, is it a little more rough? It's a little bit more violent, okay. and it's a little bit more explicit that she's saying no, right? In the director's yeah. cut, because she's fully like, no, stop, no, and he just bangs her. And it's crazy to think this is you you, you, you uh, that this wouldn't make audiences just suddenly i hate this yeah. character you don't turn on him right I turned and on so him. i, I was think like, it's Ooh. just like in the time <laughs> yeah, there for sure because you know this is a movie star getting paid 15 million dollars oh, yeah. for this and so it, obviously if there was going to be some discrepancy yeah. or some reason for them to go well you just hate this guy suddenly they would have flagged it or for sure. Not have gone as far as they did in the movie. Yeah. But I guess it just shows a little bit how much times have changed. Yeah, totally. But, I mean, even if they cut out all of the no's, it's still violent and it's still, like, line crossing and mm-hmm. and, and does make you kind of turn on the character, today at least. Mm-hmm. Um, he stays the night. She's just like, fuck off for your mean like the next morning she's mad at him but she's mad at him for other reasons right she's mad at him because like i don't know he is like you seem distant it was weird the reason she was mad at him i think that she knows that 
he's thinking of her. Yeah, too. I think her right. thing was that like, yeah. oh, that you came woman. and did it with me, but really, like you were thinking about Catherine or whatever. Um, which isn't to say that isn't something that wouldn't happen right. in real life, right. but yeah, yeah. But as far as uh, this character, you go, hmm, yeah, well, it makes him a little unsavory. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on with Nick tailing Catherine. There's a crazy chase scene uh, on the on like PCH. Um, there's scenes with her tailing her to this older woman's house, which we have a lot of questions about this oh older woman. My God, when when she's first revealed, I'm just like, oh my God. So okay, so this is really <laughs> what's going on. Like okay, this is like my vertigo. There's scenes in ver- there's pure cinema out. There's no dialogue <laughs> in this scene. We're following the car. His face is the acting. Um, this is very much reminiscent of of of. Jimmy Stewart tailing Kim Novak and Vertigo. There's mm-hmm. long stretches of scenes where it's just uh, following them, but it turns into this chase scene. Michael, du- and I know it's 1991, but Michael Douglas is driving this like beater ass like Cadillac uh-huh. that just looks so. It looks like an 80. 80- I I understand that he's like this blue collar guy. He's got like kind of a dumpy apartment with like no furniture and like this is character beats. Those cars just kind of like this beater car. And Catherine has. A lotus, just two lotuses, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? In the driveway of the of the beach house, there are two lotuses parked there. And he's tailing the lotus, and it's like driving off fast in this two-lane highway. And uh, eventually we meet uh, this woman that Catherine is visiting that turns out Catherine surrounds herself with criminals, that people's that she's inspired by that she's inspired uh, by for her book as an author yeah yeah and she's continued to to keep this relationship with this older like fabulous woman um that just has like crazy like big silver hair do you think that the old woman and her are sleeping together i don't think so i don't understand I why they they're still <laughs> i feel like that's what the movie alludes to because the old woman is in like several scenes she continues to like hang out with her when she fully is like well, later on, when she's done with with you know writing this book, um, that's the whole another movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of weird, convoluted stuff with with Catherine and him tailing her. Uh, you know, eventually, um, we get Gene Triplehorn in his apartment because it's, you know what though it's very that's very European too. Just the older woman because it doesn't seem yes. to really play into mm-hmm. the rest of it. Yeah, overtly. So it just seems like a, a side road that you'd see not in a big Hollywood movie. Yeah, where you want to just keep it simple. And and I think maybe too he wanted to introduce kind of like loose ends so that mm-hmm. we would be like, is, is this a because it's a right, mystery, right? You exactly. know, so, the direction that this story is going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, is she possibly a suspect? Although right, she right. doesn't quite match the woman from the opening. It could be the older woman. Obviously, it can't be her. (laughs) She's in a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have to set up uh, that Gene Triplehorn has keys to Michael Douglas's apartment Mm -hmm. on her Bart Simpson keychain. That's like a huge plot point of this movie, this Bart Simpson keychain. I love that this character is a big fan of The Simpsons, too. (laughs) I had that exact Bart Simpson keychain. Oh, yeah? Yes, I did at that time. And I remember because he's wearing a blue T-shirt. Because as a kid, a lot of the early Simpsons merchandise, um, for whatever reason, 
they put Bart in a blue T-shirt. And as a kid, it would piss me off that he didn't look right. like he Not was supposed to look, right? Or a yellow T-shirt. Uh, it? It's, it? it's a red T-shirt. Red T-shirt. And um, they have yellow faces. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. And, but I had that keychain. It's a little 3D, just like a figurine of Bart with the little ring sticking out of the top of his head. I had a and, Bart butt phone. You know, that one you, you open up the back was oh, was the, and, Yeah, okay. You know, so. That's amazing. Anyway. There was a lot of merchandise at the very beginning, 91. Um, but yeah, that's where she had his, like, his, the key to his apartment. She ripped it off the keychain and threw it at him. And she's like, fuck you. I don't need your, your key to your apartment anymore. She leaves. And she um, did the Bartman on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Undermined the drama. Was there the an scene. actual Bartman, though? When you listen to the song, he's not really telling <laughs> yeah, you what, what you to really do. Yeah. He's do giving you steps, but I don't know what the steps are. Um, it's, it's all figurative. Um, <clears throat> but we eventually do get to uh, the club because that's where they do go home together and that's where they have their first big I love, sex scene. I love what Michael Douglas is wearing in this club. Just this fucking weirdo in this cardigan. He's like this old man in like a V-neck pullover sweater. <laughs> Just looking crazy too. slacks. And he's like all thin, like yeah. '90s Michael Douglas, just like kind of wiry, and like everybody's like it's a it's a club, and it's I'm, I'm assuming it's like a gay club or whatever, uh, and everybody's kind of dressed crazy. It's '90s, so they're a little club kitty, but also a little just over sexualized. There's like go go dancers and like you know thong underwear and stuff, and Sharon Stone looks fucking amazing yeah she does she's got like her hair's curled and she's got like that gold dress it's very but it was very reminiscent of like nomi Mm -hmm. you know dancing dancing. by herself in the club yeah yeah um and this is this was the scene that i remember like entertainment reports and oh whenever you needed a clip of this movie has a bisexual it would be them dancing like entertainment tonight and stuff they would always cut to this and it's like this wide shot and it zooms in on like Catherine, and she's dancing with the girlfriend and you're just Mm. like she's bisexual she's like she's grinding up on a girl like this is so scandalous um was this a 20th century fox movie it's a tri-star tri-star movie oh okay yeah. Just wondering. Oh, I was just trying to get the Bart Simpson connection. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> this was mind before at the time. they had such yeah. a... But not a major studio, so I guess they could get away with being uh, so crazy. Like, if this was produced right. by Warner Brothers or Fox, yeah. they yeah. probably couldn't go this overboard with the movie. Yeah. Right, right. It's, so it's kind of a major, minor... I yeah. guess TriStar was... I mean, they were indie, kind of, right? Or were they... I mean, I, th- I feel like it's like a production company. Were they a yeah. property More of than a distribution? Were they, a, they weren't a property of Sony yet, right? Okay. Too. So, so before all yeah. the mergers. Um, but yeah, this club scene. This is what leads to their first like big sex scene, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah, it's so graphic. <laughs> it's so graphic. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but this is where we find out that Roxy was watching them the entire time. You know, Michael Douglas is full on like butt ass naked in the bathroom, and like Roxy's <laughs> just having this there. having this conversation with Roxy. Yeah, but I mean, what's he going to do? He's not going to always like always like, up. always like right. showing off his manhood. Yeah, door. just like yes. fucking light up a cigarette with my dick. Hey, baby, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you exactly. like to watch us? I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a cop. <laughs> yeah, so it's now we're setting up that Roxy's like jealous. You know, so maybe she was the one that was like you know chasing him in the Lotus. 
And this is where all the controversy before the movie even came out came from. Mm-hmm. From from uh, Queer Nation. Oh this yeah, was like an early version. I, I think they were. I think Queer Nation the were they the ones that were. were Picketing the movie as they were making it, too. Yes, yes. So they somehow got wind of the subject matter of this movie and were protesting it as they were making it. And like it's cruising or something. Exactly. But as opposed to that, uh, Esther House did make some concessions to the uh, activists. Okay. So there were some certain... Uh, there were like the cop characters just kept referring to her as a dyke. Oh, wow. and, and, and sure. yeah, and and Esther House was like, "Oh yeah, well that you know." Okay. When he he went to a protest meeting, and yeah. they and it was Verhoeven and Esther House, and they told okay. told them their grievances and Esther. So it was kind of like the early version of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, right? And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but Esther House was like, "Oh, you're right. Okay, yes, that, if that's." Uh, if that's offensive to you, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's gone. Huh. So okay. To his credit, yeah, that makes more sense. I am surprised that none of the cops actually like made any reference to because it's the, in the script. Yeah, and then they, huh. they they took it out. Yeah, you would think in another movie that they would just fully just make you know make a lot of references to, to her character. So protests okay. can change the yeah, world, gang. So, right? <laughs> they is, were just little Gretas out there. Yeah. <laughs> queer Nation. Is Queer Nation still around? Do they evolve into something? I think it evolved into... Uh, oh, wow. Uh, wait, what? Uh, it evolved into something else, I think. I haven't thought about that in a while. A different group. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, but Roxy is kind of like uh, this, the femme fatale in this movie because turns out later on when he is being uh, chased and tried to – she tries to like run him over yeah. several times, <laughs> jumps in his car he, and Michael plays Douglas, chicken with her. Michael Douglas is going up those stairs on San Francisco streets in that beater car. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that is even possible. <laughs> no, his like axle is shot. Like Yeah, he, that undercarriage is toast. Yeah, <laughs> that car is destroyed. Um you had to suspend the disbeliefs. Hey, she meant she says suspension of disbelief when talking about her novels, and the cop is like suspension of disbelief. I like that. Like it's this brand <laughs> like new, it's a new idea. It's a new it's, idea. It's very meta. But I think at the time, <laughs> to, maybe that kind of brought that kind of uh, explanation into like yeah, po- it's like postmodern history. Yeah. It's why it's kind of explains why this movie is so larger than life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, oh, you're like writing about books. And she's like, it teaches you how to lie. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you know, oh, I think he says you're like making things up or something. And she's like, <laughs> oh, writing, you know, teach you how to lie. And then she fully says, like, it's called suspension of disbelief. And Verhoeven would probably say, but cinema is just a lie. <laughs> you don't know if those, like, Acting. If those visuals are the actual truth. It's all a lie. Act right, is right. it just yep. bullshit is to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, he drives Roxy off the road. Mm-hmm. He rides. He rides her off the road. She crashes that damn car into a ditch, and is just fucking dead, mm-hmm. murdered. And I think this is where he eventually gets. Oh no, he gets taken in because the the internal affairs guy gets ends killed. up dead. Yeah. yeah, and you get that clever scene where the interrogation matches him. Matches her interrogation. Yeah. M- or m- matches her. her. Crosses yep. his legs. And he was, <laughs> yep. He's wearing chaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's wearing little running shorts. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
People forget about that. He was an avid jogger in this movie. <laughs> Smoking and doing coke while he was jogging. <laughs> Just got to run to get to the next <laughs> bump. If he uncrossed his legs in that interrogation toot. scene, I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> I'm all out of toot. Got to run to my dealer. Um, I do have a little clip of the, of the mirrored interrogation scene if you want to hear that. Just, yeah. just for funsies. There's no smoking in this building, detective. What are you going to do? Charge me with smoking? I need to use that line sometime. <laughs> oh, for Christ. All right, Nick, I'm going to ask you this just once. For the record, did you kill Marty Nilsson? No. Come on, I'm going to storm into his office in front of everybody in the middle of the day and kill him that night? I'm not that dumb. Going after him before gets you off the hook for killing him. That's your alibi. Like writing a book about killing a guy gets you off the hook for killing him. Good point. I don't understand. What are you talking about? What book? Private joke, asshole. <laughs> asshole. He even starts it off with like, what are you going to do? Arrest me for smoking? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like she fully, that was the first thing she <laughs> yep. said in her interrogation. Yeah. I feel like is I he would sort of, Is her. he sort yeah. of becoming the Catherine? That's yes. Yeah. She brought out all those tendencies that are there. He's so absorbed by her. She's just like taking over. It's like a. But now you could get charged with smoking. I mean, yeah. yeah, really, even if there's, even at the time, if there's no smoking, it's just like, you're the cops, tell her to fucking put it out. Come on. Yes. They'd all be vaping, though. Now. Yes, this is they true. They would have a, those landards. Yes. <laughs> he would have a vape pen around his neck uh, that he could just bring up. I don't know. I feel like cops who could, if it was a situation where you couldn't smoke in your building and their cops were like heavy smokers and they switched to vaping, then they would have those crazy modified that look like giant, like, Fucking pagers, like you know, a those, CB. Those, cra- yeah, <laughs> yeah, they look like yeah. fully look like walkie talkies. <laughs> they're just like holding those, and it's just like clouds, like fucking billowy <laughs> clouds of smoke in the room. Um, so yeah, he's slowly coming, becoming like, uh, like I don't he's know, he's becoming descending into by. madness. Yeah. Is right. this all part of her plan? Because now she's right. she's writing this book, and it's about a cop, and you know she's playing all of them. Yeah, but okay, let's say it is Catherine, though. Like, what is her? She's just killing people just for kicks. That's just her thing. Because why is she now framing Nick for the internal she, affairs guy? She's, well, I take it this is what she's writing in her book. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah, yeah, she's yeah. having him become the subject that she's writing. Sure. Okay. That's so, what I got. You know, write what you yep. know. Yeah, this yeah. makes it easier. <laughs> you know, she doesn't have to come up with her own story. Yeah, she just sees what happens with these guys. So, somewhere in there, Gene Triplehorn's character is like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I fully went to college with Catherine Tremell, and I know her, and I had several classes with her, and she's mm-hmm. a bitch." Yeah, and he's like, fresh news. Yeah, things you could have told me yesterday. I'm telling you now <laughs> when it's important for the movie. Yeah, so <clears throat> he kind of—I don't know if he goes to Catherine with this information, but then she, Catherine, tells him some information about some woman and college who she knew and like single white femaled her. Yeah, and he's like, okay. Goes to look it up. Doesn't find her. How does he end right, up finding out yeah. that it's her? It's so convoluted. It's like it's yeah. every crazy. scene is just like becomes yeah. new information that you go, wait, what? Yes. Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I should be I should be 
writing down notes, paying attention. Yeah. Where is this going? <laughs> There's stuff with Gene Triplehorn's first husband that he was a cop and she was the and she was the ship's counselor at his original like, you know, precinct or whatever and he goes there. Janine She's accomplished a lot by the age of 30. They yes. all have. They These are women are... Yeah. They have led full lives. You gotta love that. You know, the, hey, this was a time when you could go to a really good college, graduate in four years, and your student loans would be like... And you own grand, and you, you own, own properties, yeah. and you own property homes. by in like twenty six. Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, they said they said that uh, Catherine had graduated from college in like nineteen eighty or something. Yeah, like, you know. So, um, which I don't know if the math checks out there. Still has time <laughs> to date that boxer and kill him and kill him. <laughs> no, but but he died in the ring though. Oh, yeah, he did yep. die in the ring allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> But yeah, Gene Triplehorn. I mean, if if they're thirty, hey, you know, like I said, they graduated right out. Of, they graduated from college right out of high school, four years tops. They're done paying off their loans. It's it's a good. They're these are these are boomers, man. <laughs> <laughs> they have they they they're living the high life. Um. So yeah, it's very convoluted into into her backstory and and he's like tracing it back and but eventually he kind of figures out. That the woman that single white female Catherine back at college was Jean Triplehorn. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Ooh. And when he calls her on it, she's like, no, 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 no. She single white female me. And I dyed my hair blonde first. Oh, man. It's crazy. Blonde does not suit Jean Triplehorn at all. No. no. That is a brunette face. Well, that wig was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. That, that wig for the ID. Oh, the ID. Yeah, we'll we'll do a screenshot of that idea. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like we just watched uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. It's what it's like when Julie Brown is using the computer to give Gina Davis Gina Davis a makeover, uh-huh. and that's pretty much what it looks uh, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's very like um, let's did you... do a curl. Wait, how's that song go? It's like a song, right? Yeah, it's like, a, let's... Song. a wave, a wave. A yeah. A bump. yeah. Um, did you watch Alice? Alice, the sitcom. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like going like that. Woody Allen, movie? like no, no, no. Alice with like Flo, Alice, like yes, kiss, kiss my grits. Holly Holiday, yeah, yeah. Holly Holiday. Um, when Flo left, she was replaced with Jolene, right? And uh, who is still in movies? And she that, that, is. What, yes, I saw some trailer. That actress what movie is, is that? working. She's, do you know? What, you know what I'm talking about? I, there was like a recent trailer. I do. Uh, she's I, in it, and I remember seeing her and going, "That's Jolene." Um, <laughs> but at any rate, the wig that Jean Triplehorn is wearing in her college id looks like um jolene from alice um so yeah so he confronts her about it and she's just like no uh, she was the one that was with me and so now we don't know who to believe but i'm telling you it is the complex webs that we weave yeah. in this movie when they like, all like the wigs yeah <laughs> yeah Unbe- unbelievable oh my goodness they're <laughs> I mean, I feel like Gene Triplehorn is the only one who's bewigged in this movie, but uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe Michael Douglas, <laughs> possibly. I Who mean, knows? you never know. Allegedly, Sharon Stone could be wearing a wig just to take it off. She could be wearing extensions in, cer- in certain scenes. I don't know. I feel like the hair is meant to be about shoulder length. 
Who knows when she takes <laughs> when she takes it down? That'd be great if y'all got Paul Verhoeven on this show and just oh asked him about God. wigs. I would Why like, did I, I come on this? <laughs> He's just kidding. So now, tell me about did Michael Douglas. Sharon Stone have extensions? <laughs> was did he get plugs for this movie? Your thoughts? <laughs> we did read that Michael Douglas newly had a facelift going in this movie. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, my God. Again, IMDb trivia. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dubious. Take we, it with a grain of we salt. We need to have a segment on this show of IMDb trivia, like fact or false. Yeah, <laughs> right. fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, is IMDb trivia just crowdsourced? Can you go yeah. on and just plug whatever in you right. want? Yeah. Yeah. Think it's maybe, like it's, Wikipedia. Yeah. maybe it's double-checked by the editors at IMDb, but Doubtful. probably not. Doubtful. I believe Michael Douglas got a full facelift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think he's that kind of person. Um, I wonder who he was married to at this the, time. He's the ragman's grandson. Oh, my goodness. R.I.P. Crazy. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Um, we haven't even talked about Michael Douglas's bumbling partner. Uh, Dezunda? George Dezunda. Yeah, that guy. I love this guy's portrayal of this, like, goofy, just like... Yeah, and th- and they were able to put in a little side note with that character that he's really into country western bars, too. <laughs> oh, right. He's wearing the hat. Yeah, right? he's the one wearing the <laughs> yeah, hat. Yeah, that's why... I feel like he probably had a bigger role in the... Uh, yeah. The and thing. he's shithouse drunk. And Michael Douglas, a cop... Puts him another cop in his car. Here, to drive get in your home. car and go home. Get in your car and go home, <laughs> you drunk son of a bitch. I mean, come on. Michael Douglas has no business being a cop in this movie. Everybody makes questionable choices. That's what leads to the to the big car chase where it turns out to be Roxy. Um so okay, this is where it gets super like uh who done it? Vertigo. What's going on? The this section of the movie almost reminds me of Dress to Kill. Yes, it's yes, like indeed. all of that scene the in the office building in the elevator, yeah. and when you're looking out the elevator doors, it's very it's very De Palma. Yes, right. All so, of it's happening, and you're not yep. quite sure if it's important or if you just should enjoy the visual pleasure. And the yeah. killer the and the killer is just on. wearing something crazy too. It's like a trench coat, but it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like a black trench coat. And like, but has like the crate, like the hood, like the scarf, like hood, you know, covering her. Like hair. it almost turns into a slasher movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So the so the bumbling uh, partner, who this entire movie is the only person who believes Michael Douglas, who's on his side. You know, during all the internal affairs stuff, he's like, "I'm the only one that believes you." He calls him Hoss. <laughs> is Hoss Bonanza? <laughs> yeah, Bonanza, uh, yeah, I think it's from Bonanza. Hoss. Calls him Hoss the entire movie. He's very like, um, like he looks up to him. I think mm-hmm. I got from this character that like he looks up to Michael Douglas as like I don't know he but he wants to protect him as well. It almost yes. feels like it was a role written as a rookie and then just in casting they settled on this guy. Yeah, right. Because when they're driving Catherine to the yeah. police station the first time, he's kind of like starstruck by her. Mm-hmm. But not because he knows who she is, but just because she's like a novelist. He's just like, oh, you're writing a book? Like, what's your book about? Like, he's very like, ooh, like in awe of all that process. Yes, it's um, classic sidekick behavior. Oh, totally, totally. I almost was like, is he kind of a thing for Michael Douglas? What's going on? <laughs> like, he's super like, hmm. Um. So he pulls up and he's like, I got, you know, I got an interview with her college roommate. 
and the roommate's going to spill the beans and uh, it's in this building somewhere. And like this nondescript yeah, office building. It's in an office building. And I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to go meet her up there. And Michael Douglas is like, okay, and stays in the car, waits in the car. And yeah, I don't know why he doesn't go with him. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, then it turns into this. Uh, what is that movie? That you Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill, where the elevator. And it, the fake outs in this scene, the elevator, I feel like opens on every floor. <laughs> why did the elevator door <laughs> open on the suspension? <laughs> like, yeah, George yes. Zunzo went in there and like Building that slapped suspension. all the elevator buttons on the way. <laughs> every every floor it opens, it looks out. It's like, oh no, not four. Specifically said the fourth floor. I think that's effective though. It is effective. Mm-hmm. It's working. Every time he opens it, you're just like, ah! And the music is like super crazy. And Michael Douglas immediately is like, okay, something's wrong. Runs up there. He sees something in the window, doesn't does he? he? see something in the window? I, I think, think he does. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, just gets fucking ice picked. Just ice picked. What an interesting Ooh. murder weapon, too. If you were yeah. a, a killer, do you traumatic. think you would, you would go right for the ice pick? It's messy. Maybe. It's messy. Uh, you know, it's around the home. I, yeah. <laughs> I love the scene where she's attacking the ice when he comes over. Oh, I mean, no one God. in this movie owns an house. ice maker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> fridge makes ice. She's just violently I mean, stabbing. She, because what is it in that trailer? is like 31 times. Yeah. I mean, imagine how mad you have to be at some... Like, like if you went 31 times with your arm right now, by about time... Yeah. 20, you, you maybe? You're arm, just... Uh, yeah. yeah, you're like... They're dead. Then you're just like going for the record, maybe? Yeah. Like, oh, the record was 30. <laughs> and I like, like 31. <laughs> and I like to think that just Catherine just goes to like a 7-Eleven and just buys blocks of A block of, of a, you, a you can't get <laughs> yeah, them like... You get, a you cube? Can't get, you can't get like... Just deliver me a block. Yeah. yeah. She... Okay, because he says like, you got, you got something against ice or something like that? And she's like, I like rough edges. I like rough edges. <laughs> and that's kind of the theme uh, of Catherine's character, too. Yes. And, but then later on, like when he, when she shows up mysteriously as his apartment, now he's got a block of ice and he's like hacking away at it. But then she's like, oh, let me do that. And she gets it and she does it better. She does a better job. She like makes like better hunks and puts it in the glass because they're just yeah. drinking the whiskey. I feel, like in, yeah. I feel like yeah. in an yeah. even more right. exploitation version of this movie, Michael Douglas just sort of has a sex change and becomes Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they really wanted the pressing yeah. buttons. I love right. though, that'd be like the reimagining of it. Yeah. But you know, but yeah, when they're when they're drinking those whiskeys at his apartment and she's like drinking it and she goes, You got any Coke, Nick? I love Coke with my Jack Daniels. <laughs> and you're like, Zing! Oh! <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, the poor partner gets gets, gets himself fucking killed in the elevator. Mm. Michael Douglas finds him. He's just like, ugh, distraught. And in walks Gene fucking Triplehorn. Mm-hmm. Just all, not what's going on? <gasps> I got a message on my machine from the partner to come and meet you here. Sure. And puts her hand in her pocket like I yeah. got a fucking gun. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, lady? Uh-oh. But he shoots her, looks like in the shoulder, dies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure all I know about getting shot is from what I've seen in movies. So if that's anything to believe to be believed, then you can like run a marathon after being shot in the shoulder. Right. But um, she bleeds out. Turns out the gun in her pocket. The Bart Simpson keys. The Bart Simpson mm-hmm. keychain. Mm. It's her reminder of Nick. Oh, oh no! 
But then we find the damn uh, bloody ice pick, trench coat, Wait, trench ice coat. pick, and wig. Yeah, in the hall, in the hallway, in the stairwell, and then it all just falls into place. That Gene Triplehorn was kind of like. I mean, they show everything but like the big board with the red yarn, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> and like all the like the pictures of Catherine with like the eyes scratched out. Exactly, you know, like <laughs> they just they were just like one scene shy of, sh- of showing that in Gene Triplehorn's apartment. <laughs> but they really set it up like she masterminded the entire thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she's a police psychologist. I mean, but the thing yeah. is, like. I was going to say every woman. There are like three women in this movie. Mm-hmm. Do any of them talk to Oh, well, no, of course. Well, what Catherine do, and Roxy talk to each other, but barely. But what do they even say to each they other? They barely though? have yeah. talk, like conversations with each other. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Probably not. Um, there's the one lady cop who's like a uniformed officer. Oh, I don't even remember her. Yeah. There's one scene with the lady cop who's a uniformed officer, and then... Uh, the maid. Mm-hmm. And the- <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Showgirls passes that test over and over. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are career women. They are yeah. talking yeah. about dancing, working the way up in food. Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, mm-hmm. talk about acing that. Did you eat the bag test. of chips? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to showgirls eventually on this podcast. Different places. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's the thing about showgirls is that the wild success of Basic Instinct didn't quite translate to Showgirls. And that was right. the idea was to make an NC-17 movie like Basic Instinct and have it like play in multiplexes yeah. across America. And it yeah. just flopped. Yeah, exactly. Well, he said it was just hubris. That's what Ezra has said about it. Because uh, okay. after Basic Instinct, it's like, yes, we can do anything. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I guess not. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh man! But anyway, yeah. Um, so it kind of, they kind of wrap it up into a nice little package, and uh, Nick thinks that he can just like live happily ever after Until. with Catherine. Mm-hmm. You can't tie Catherine down, though. Oh no, no. she will. She, she will is a wild be. horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she needs to run free. Hi, miss you. Her dot oh. matrix printer. I finished my research. I finished my book. Yeah? So how does it end? I told you. She kills him. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye? Yeah. I finished my book. Didn't you hear me? Your character's dead. What do you want, flowers? I'll send you an autograph coffee. What is this, some kind of junk? You playing a game here? Games are over. You were right. It was the fuck of the century. I feel like this is right before all the business with... Gene Triplehorn. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes back to Catherine at the end. Right. And she's masterminded the masterminding. Yes. And it's one of those things that I like to remember her being a little more vulnerable in this scene. But then when you listen to the clip, not really. Her face plays yeah. it off a little yeah. bit more like 
she's reluctantly mm-hmm. telling him to go. Right. Acting choices by Stoney. Yeah, <laughs> Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's another thing that makes this movie, whether it's uh, intentional or unintentional, very feminist because she's always in control. It's the yeah. men yeah. who can't control their emotions. The yeah, men can true. never control their impulses. Well, that's what's yeah. kind of interesting. She does the coke and doesn't <laughs> go crazy. She, yeah. she drinks and doesn't go crazy. And he's yeah, having she... violent outbursts. Like, well, yeah. also kind of the, the culture of the early 90s just kind of reading some articles that PC culture was starting to kind of take way in society. Uh, just sort of men seeing Catherine in this movie, she has the financial upper uh, upper hand because she's yeah. like a millionaire. And right. he's living and in he's this dump, dump, dump yeah. and driving the beater car. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And she makes more money than him and she has more sex than him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she fully gets to be the playboy. Yes. So yeah. that's that's kind of refreshing okay. to see and in a he's movie. he's just the fuck boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, eh. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. All right. Kind of shifts the power dynamics. Yeah. Um. So she does ultimately, though, end up back in his apartment. And um, they bone one more time. And I love every time that that they show the two of them having sex she ends up on top because in the very first scene <laughs> she's the dominant one in the yes. in the in the mm-hmm. very first murder scene with the ice pick the woman is on top leans back grabs the ice pick and then throws herself thrusts herself <laughs> forward onto him and starts stabbing mm-hmm. and both sex scenes with uh, Catherine and Nick she does that at the end but it's a fake out right. and she's so just like her hands are empty yeah and she's, but that's just how she finishes. She's just like, ah. But then, <laughs> but then in this scene, oh my goodness, it's the spinning top. It's it. The camera pans <laughs> down. It's the inception. Yeah. The ice pick is below the bed. <gasps> Coincidence? I don't know. I mean, I mean, everybody has an ice pick in the movies. So I mean, he knows? had one in his I apartment. Mean, Maybe they yeah. were just going at it in the kitchen, and it just went flying across the room. <laughs> It's a wood floor. It ends up under the bed <laughs> as it happens. You never know. I mean, it. yeah, it is one of those Inception endings that people read maybe a little too into it. And did Verhoeven or Esther House really put that much thought into it? I think that they like to play with audiences that it's discussed. Yeah. But they probably didn't really give it all that much thought when putting it into the movie. Right. They just like where it leads with audiences. Right, right. Maybe it's just like a, like a good luck charm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe she just likes to have it with her, like a like a security blanket. Or is it one? And is it one of those things that Catherine did the murder of the rock star, and then the rest was Gene Triplehorn? I don't know. Sure, right. is like is it sort of both of them? Yeah, I don't but know. it does illustrate that because it's that way. That's what got. That's a lot of what gets it into the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Culturally, oh yeah, 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 that showgirls did not <laughs> achieve because there's not some mystery. You know, when right. you just when yeah. you remove, mm-hmm. sometimes you remove one element of something. It's, yeah, it, it's not as uh, it doesn't capture people's imagination as much yeah. because now there's just one thing that people focus on. You know, right. sex. Yeah, yeah. You think sex would do better than it does, but when <laughs> sex is just by itself as a movie, it doesn't always yeah work for people. Well, Joe Esterhaus was. Doing his version of Vertigo and Basic Instinct, and in Showgirls, he was doing his version of All About Eve. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I like it. I mean, it works for me. 
Uh, I think this movie is is successful. I feel like yeah. I mean, it's definitely a product of its time, Mm -hmm. and the gay community, as they probably should have, got all up in arms in this movie. But I was looking up a really great article that was written for the Blacklist, and it's uh, done by Adam Morrison, and he has some kind of he talks about this movie as being kind of an underrated gay cult classic and he said i applaud this film not for its stereotypes but the for the ones it broke and questions it asks but also for the legacy it leads or it leaves yeah and definitely it's still a movie that is still referenced and talked about a lot mm-hmm. and people haven't forgotten it yeah cuz it's like on the one hand the character Yes, she's bisexual, and yes, she's possibly, like, a deranged murderess. But on the other hand, it's, like, representation in 1991. Right. right. And she's not, not, like, dying of AIDS or just sort of a fun, quirky side character. Right. Like, she is the strong, independent woman... Drives the whole movie. Kind of makes her own rules. Being in total control of herself. Yep. (laughs) It's strong. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of refreshing. And, like, who says that gay characters can't be the villain in a movie? (laughs) Right. So, yeah. I mean, the thing about uh, taking it back to Joe Esterhouse, love him or hate him, and when you look at his total work, it's he does write great female characters and they don't just want to fall in love and they don't ever feel like a victim right you know because uh yeah you look at something like Flashdance; it's not somebody whose dream is just to get married and have Mm -hmm. you know and and settle down and you know it's about uh it's uh that that kind of thing so i think that's admirable because like you think of somebody uh take another superstar writer like aaron sorkin it just seems like well it's all about men and men's oh, problems yeah. and yeah what men feel so at least esther house always had that female element whether it's in jacket edge or whether it's in yeah uh showgirls obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> as misguided as yeah. it gets sometimes it's at least unique and has a uh point of view about women yeah totally i like this movie would you recommend people see this if they haven't seen it yet definitely yeah (laughs) and it's not a movie that i don't think i had seen from start to finish until like probably three years ago oh wow because i like i said i remember seeing this movie on cable yeah but it's one of those things that you just get a bits and pieces of the interrogation room Mm -hmm. and it was always edited for cable yeah right the score also helps to make it seem a little less timely, mm-hmm. even though yeah. it's uh, so obviously early 90s. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like with the, that nightclub. Right. <laughs> that crazy nightclub scene and everything. But I was kind of thinking score helps in it. certain elements of this movie, if you were to take away Jerry Goldsmith's score, like, would it cheapen it? I feel like the uh-huh. score does, does sort kind of elevate, it, elevate yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because, right, yeah, what if the score, if it was like an Electra, well, I don't know, what was early 90s, if it had, what, is, what were some of the other movies that were out? Like, if you yeah. think of like their scores. Or like thrillers. I don't know, yeah. I guess most scores were still orchestrated back then. Yeah. But or like, the fact a, that it's like a synthesized mm-hmm. David right. Lynch-esque score, yeah. but not yeah, as good as a, like good. a David Lynch movie, though. Right, right. Yeah, the only thing that really dates the movie is the um, 
the fact that the this police department does not use DNA evidence at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> they could have just solved the cases yeah. almost immediately. But, you know, it was, it was the early 90s. Um, yeah, I do think that uh, for somebody like Verhoeven to say, I'm going to, like, intentionally make a, a very Hitchcock-esque movie or to say something like, if Hitchcock were around today, this is the movie that he would make. I think it's kind of like admirable in that a lot of younger people or just kind of the general movie going public, maybe the type of people who are not apt to go and look up something like vertigo or who might watch vertigo and say, this is boring. This is slow. It's paced differently or whatever. Um, It'll give them the opportunity to say, to hear that and be like, Oh, okay. This I'm going to go check out Vertigo now. This is now. his answer yeah. to a Hitchcock movie, then maybe mm-hmm. I'll be interested in watching that. So I think that's kind of... Um, I like when directors do that because it does open the door for mm-hmm. people who may not have been uh, so apt to go and watch those movies to actually go out and, and watch I mean, it's kind of a cocky statement to say, it but is. he's kind of right because <laughs> I could see Alfred Hitchcock making sex thrillers in the early 90s. Right, yeah. If, I mean, if you live to like 110. Yeah. And he was yes. still making movies in his old age. <laughs> I mean, it was Zemeckis' entire intention yeah. behind uh, what lies beneath, just mm-hmm. as far as special effects. Yeah. You know, now that we have computer effects and, you know, computer driven cameras and all that, this is what he would have made. So, um, and that movie is successful. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's something to be said for that. So, um, this was really fun. Yeah, thanks for coming, <laughs> Chip. Thank so you. you briefly talked me. about your podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, it's a podcast for the Hollywood Reporter called "It Happened in Hollywood" that I do with my friend Seth Abramovich, who's a senior writer over there, and we interview people from Hollywood of yore. So past past people, cool people that. Uh, have really nothing to lose by dropping bombshells. <laughs> right. So they come on and they, they drop some crazy bombshells. Nice. And so uh, so it's worth checking out. That's great. And this uh, this season that we've done, we've had some real fun interviews. We've and we've had uh, Peter Bogdanovich and uh, Ray Don Chong. Oh wow! Harry Hamlin, just uh, just random yeah uh, types that really will just say whatever without, <laughs> without a whole lot of prompting yeah mm-hmm. because uh, their careers aren't at stake anymore I so love that. It's, it's so it's uh it's worth checking out if you that's great like i've been noticing Hollywood. that i think has it was it vulture that's been doing those interviews with like kathleen turner and angelica houston where they just like shoot off their mouth and just whatever <laughs> yes, comes yes. out oh, yeah <laughs> yeah i love that that's though awesome. same kind of uh principle as that awesome and I imagine we can find your show anywhere podcasts are available. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. It's on all the services. Awesome. Just like ours. You should go and find uh, what it's called. What happens in what happened in Hollywood? It happened. It in happened Hollywood. in Hollywood. Go look mm-hmm. it up, everybody. Uh, you can also find our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, we love if you would rate and review our show. Give us five stars. Yes, especially on iTunes. Go give us five stars. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay and on Twitter at M T M U G pod thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week bye bye